When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining Watermark's podcast series, Women of the C-Suite, where we have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished female executives anywhere about their journeys and the paths they took to get to the top. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and I join you with my co-host, the CEO of Watermark, Peggy Northrup. In this series, we draw out meaningful insights and candid perspectives that will help you to make your mark. I'm here with Kelly Lai, who is one of the founding general partners of Binclusive Ventures and the founder of Glocal Network. She initially started investing in real estate and later expanded to venture investing and advising. Her current investment focus includes the future of work, which we are going to be talking about in a couple of minutes, future of education, fintech, and climate tech. She's a management consultant, head of operations for Delivering Happiness, and the creator of its podcast. So this will be a very professional conversation. Kelly is a thought leader in the future of work space. Um, you have such an interesting background. You've got a computer engineering degree and an MS in engineering management at the University of Florida. You've been an engineer, a program manager, a sustainability head at Raytheon. You've been an inventor. You've been you, you work on green business. You've gotten a platinum award for that. You founded ERG groups. You've served on a diversity council and you immigrated from Macau to Miami at the age of 12, moving 10 times in your career. And you have, so you have a really interesting, diverse background I usually start off our podcast asking, you know, some people have one idea about what they want to do when they grow up and you know, they decide <laughs> at nine that they're going to be a doctor and at 30, they're a doctor and they live in the same town. You obviously had many more yeah. twists and turns in your journey. Can you talk about why and how all of those pivots happened for you? Yeah, I, I guess. Well, I did not include all that in the bio. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's pretty complete. Um, I think obviously, as you read, I had no idea what was happening. And actually something that's missed in the in my bio is actually I was a teacher for two years, a uh, math coach. I, I moved to Miami for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was pretty much because I realized I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I spent time... Uh, the, the career choices that I made is really do like trying to achieve the immigrant dream. I remember when I first came here to the US, I cried like all the time. And then my dad wasn't having a great time either because they might both of my, neither of my parents spoke English. Mm -hmm. So they asked me like, do you want to go back? And I just remember like thinking for like one second, I was like, no, I don't want to go back. I haven't ac accomplished anything yet. So I think, yeah, the whole, my journey was probably just trying to, I have to achieve something mm -hmm. in the U.S. And, and I think I picked computer engineering because I was good at math and just the, and then I just went with what I knew and I was pretty good at it. And I just kept going and 
I think it was when I got to a point that I realized like I don't think the, there's a culture fit in the company and I had no idea, you know, I didn't have a career coach or my parents couldn't mentor me because they only graduated high school or not even one of them. So I thought, oh, the goal in life is to not have a job. I just, you know, that's how I found it, Global Network. And then from there, I made quite a bit of money, like more than not a whole lot, but enough that I felt like I, I, oh, this is more than I thought I would be doing. But then I really didn't feel any different. I didn't even feel accomplished, um, which I thought that's what I would feel. Uh I think that's when I actually moved to Miami, moved back to Miami to started coaching math and teaching math with my high school teacher. And then from there, it was just a lot of different figuring out to see what I like and just start to follow my passion. Mm-hmm. And so talk about your passion, because you say that you want to expand the ranks of startup found, diverse startup founders as well as investors. So talk about how, where that came about and what your vision of that is. Yeah, so even in college or or in when I was in tech, uh, it, there was always this talk of like diversity in tech and like, you know, the low number and all that. And I, you, to be honest, I kind of leveraged that to just like excel in my career to kind of sort of like the back door that you use to try to get connected with uh, executives. But then, you know, later on, I really realized there is a difference. Like you do get treated differently. And I, and and then 2019 was the time that I found out about the, the f- funding gap in venture. It was much worse than all the stats that, I have, that I've seen in tech. Like people talk about, you know, diversity in Fortune 500 all the time. And I think it's because there's some sort of like branding that you have to achieve and, and all of that. And there's in, in private companies, you don't have any of that. Like people, your, your shareholder, like there's no like shareholder that cares. Just a lot of these investors that are funding your company are family offices that's been wealthy for generation after generation or endowment funds, right? right. So that's why like only two and a half percent of the funding goes to a woman. And even less if you're a woman of color, and shocking right (laughs) and and I was so shocked that I didn't know that like Mm. how come I didn't know that like if I like if I'm somebody that care about this space then at least I should know that so and I've really felt like I wanted to do something about it and then I've been wanting to be in this space for a while and at the time I was already in delivering happiness and then I think it was really during COVID during a coaching session that um, my coach was like, what do you like really want to do? And I, I said, I always thought someday I want to um, have a venture fund, like mm-hmm. an impact fund, but maybe a few years from now, you know, maybe in Southeast Asia where like the funding, like, you know, their money goes so much further. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really done too much on it other than like dabbling in angel investing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know, you know, that you could angel invest at a small amount, by the way, like, you know, so that's like whole another story, but it's, it's from there that I realized like, Hey, you know what? I always wanted this. And it's sort of like a thinking that I probably won't be able to do it until like when I have much more money. 
but I also realized like there's other gaps. Like I could do something to close that gap, knowledge gap or relationship gap. You know, I can just go toward that goal, and that's how I got to where I am right now. So I'm launching Inclusives with、um, Ali Baxter, who is the other GP of the fund, and I just remember、um, my parents. They are also immigrants, and obviously, and my mom actually was like a refugee going to Macau, and she was in jail for like two years, and and just so that she doesn't have to farm in China during the communist cultural revolution, right?、Mm-hmm. And come over here, and she they bought a farm after retirement,、uh-huh. and they're farming every day. It's really funny <laughs> to me, but then I also thought, like, but that is like. Just the options, and you're doing work for yourself, and like having that freedom, and and I feel that everyone should have the freedom if they were to choose what they want to create, and that's what I want to fund entrepreneurs to do this kind of work.、Yeah. Wonderful. One of the things you say I wanted to pick up on because I have found this in my own career, having. On a stint as an entrepreneur, I founded something called She Books, which is women's stories,、um, short eBooks by and for women,、um, and then going out and trying to raise money from mostly men, and、um, how difficult that was. But also how reluctant many women are to back to do that kind of angel investing. They're very comfortable with philanthropy. Uh, yes, right. But they're not comfortable with making investments in companies, and yet so much of the wealth in this country is being created in early stage companies by making those bets. So, what do you what do you think women should know about putting their own money to work? Yeah, I I would say that doing good doesn't have to be. I, I feel like maybe there's some, some sense of like I'm already I already am good. Then like I don't deserve this money kind of thing. Like I when I do good, then I shouldn't try to get some return.、Mm-hmm. The truth is, the more you have, the more you can do good. And then if you think that you know this business is actually gonna do something good for the society, then if this business does good, a lot of the time if you see exited entrepreneur, they would actually be the the best backers for other entrepreneurs. Exactly. Right, so、um, I would say you don't invest because, like, you, in whatever space it is, it's because you're not as educated. So I would get your get educated into you know just look at a lot more startups and and just start with little bit that you can. And there are a lot of other resources out there now, and that. You can do that with、um, actually even with us where we if you go to our website there's a there's even a wait list for us to do something as well for our angel investing program like if we have enough people that are interested but there is backstage capital that do that、um, I think they're trying to do it three times a year、um, they go through from education angel investing all the way to fund management. To see, like, hey, do you actually want to be an angel, or do you just you actually want to raise your fund? You know,、mm-hmm. all those things. So once you understand something, then it's less scary than you would want to do it more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and I do really believe that that if there's no 
if there's no money, there's no mission. That's what I always say. It's like you have to have money in order to fulfill the mission. And if women really want to change the world, um, then we have to do more than give. We have to really invest um, because otherwise the world is going to look like the guys who are investing in the other guys who look exactly like them. So that's uh, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm very much on your on your team on that one. <laughs> I'm curious about as you worked with companies, have you worked with founders and your and in your own career and all those twists and turns, have your ideas about leadership changed over time? Mm. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think maybe it's just clearer over time. Um, I remember even working in corporate, I was always thinking that, man, I'm never in the position where I can like make all the calls. Like I'm always on the influencer role. Yeah. Then later I realized actually the leaders of today, you just have to lead with influence and lead with high modeling. Even if you're the CEO of the company or even if you're on the board, like you cannot, it's not like the, the Chinese way. And, and I can tell, I, I don't want to get too political, but I do think that the Chinese government, it's sort of leads like Chinese parents <laughs> where, <laughs> right? Like I know what's best and it doesn't really work that way. Uh, I think for the future of work, uh, you, definitely you need to align your team to be doing exactly what they would want to do anyway. Yes. Um, because especially with the remote work, I, I've seen so many people that are, they have a full-time gig and then they spend 70% of the time looking to do something else that, that is their passion side hustle yes. until they can get there. So, so yeah, I think the key thing with leadership is really trying to first really find the people that is in alignment with their right fit. Like really try to elevate them. Like you don't want to keep somebody that doesn't even want to that's not really doing the mission that you would, that they really truly want to not it's not useful to manipulate them to yeah. to try to do it either um so so that is the yeah I, I guess that is the difference that I kind of see you know like you can lead at any position you don't have to lead when you're when you have that authority right yes. it's different mm-hmm. uh, that's so interesting because, you know, our organization is all about redefining leadership. And that's one of the things I've certainly observed um, and had a very similar kind of recognition when I in, younger in my career is that really you're leading when people are asking you for advice and you're helping them clarify the, their issues and clarify their next steps forward. And but it's not the sort of command and control you know, like the military, like the old corporate America, like the or, or like the Chinese parent. I love that. I love that example. Um, that's a good one. I had not heard that one before. Let's let's talk for a minute about the future of work. Um, you mentioned remote work. You mentioned the the difficulties in um, trying to lead in the old way when we are working increasingly in a hybrid environment. What are you seeing as people are starting to go back into the workplace um, in that hybrid way, certainly here in California, 
I'm seeing lots of companies start to institute new rules for how people come back to work. I also see people saying, I'm not ready to come back to work. This is making me nervous. And what about childcare? And what about um, what about our lives? Um, so tell me what you're seeing out there and what your view of the future is. I mean, I'm sure you heard of the great resignation. Yes. <laughs> um, during COVID, there's a lot more reflection. I think the entire world is doing. I think we went through, I mean, we're still sort of going through a, a period of growth. And growth, a lot of time it can be from internal, but then when it's external, it's actually you in you actually create much bigger change even. Um, so what I'm seeing is like you said, a lot more hybrid. And then I also see that the future of work will be much more entrepreneurial. Even, even if you are working in an office, working for a corporate, you are gonna have to be much more entrepreneurial and you can navigate within your work workspace to find what you like to do, what you love to do. But then it's also, you have to sort of, it's almost like you can treat the company that you work for like your client. And I can talk a bit about at Delivering Happiness, how we, um, our organization is actually create, like even from 10 years ago when we first started, it's created in a self-managed way. I'm sure, I don't know if you heard of holacracy, Okay, holacracy is sort of a management, um, sort of a leadership style, um, management style or organization style where you don't have a boss. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much you go and you just, you know, you have your account, your roles and responsibilities and everyone is in charge of different things. Think of like a city where there's like school, there's different things and then people are leading different parts, different things and 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 delivering happiness is not so much like that but then it's sort of a hybrid but then everyone is distributed even from 10 years ago we already didn't have an office we have a storage space somewhere in san francisco yeah Um, but yeah i think culture being able to maintain the virtual culture still being able to um eat higher with values and all those same things. But then I think it's also like we have to more proactive about hiring to see like what's missing. So not just hire for like what your culture is and what your values are, but then like what's missing that would help us to be future-proofing our company. So those are some of the things that I see. I think I see a lot more. So um, if you, there's a World Economic Forum, like a chart that I really like where like it's a cross and then one um, sort of like a X, Y axis. And then one side is like on campus, off campus. And then one side is on payroll, off payroll. Oh, interesting. So it's really moving toward like outside more, more a hybrid on, on all of these, but then it's really moving toward more off payroll and also a lot more off campus and then a hybrid of all all of those, right? Right. And yeah, so I I can see a lot more contractor people, you know, enjoy that freedom and you build your brand. You can, everybody needs to do personal branding now. Yes. (laughs) And, And yeah, so I think the next generation really knows that. 
and they even even in college they have their LinkedIn like really created super well and all of that. Um, yeah, and and I think I see a portfolio of work, so you don't just have one job. I've seen a lot of my friends actually um, part time CFO. Mm-hmm. And then a GP of a venture fund, yeah. and then something else, right? Like three different things, and so you don't just have a portfolio of investment, but you have a portfolio of work. work. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's really interesting. I'm so glad that you mentioned personal branding because that's one of the things that we are, as we do our essential skills training at Watermark. One of the essential skills that we're putting out there for women is you have to build your personal brand. You have to be known for something because you do not want to be known as the person who gets things done inside one company. You need to be known for the person to go to on a subject so that wherever you are, people come looking for you. I think it's a really um, key point. And I agree. It's not the kind of it's not the kind of um, workforce or work or leadership style that that I grew up with where you were supposed to find a job and then you find the next job and then you find the next job. This is, this is way more common. I come from a media background and now all of my media friends are doing the portfolio of work. That's <laughs> the way it is. That's, that's what, what's out there. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, one of the things that I love to ask women who are very accomplished is about the advice they've been given in their career, both best and worst advice. So the first thing I want to ask you is about, can you think of the worst advice you've ever been given? Um, I don't know if it's the worst advice, but is, I mean, it's just a different style. I, um, I remember though, like one of my sort of mentor um, that I had in when I was in corporate early, early days and he was commenting on a friend of mine who I was also a work friend. And it's like, yeah, like he's like too, too much, too idealistic. Like he's not, it's not gonna work here. You know, like, you know, and then he started talking about how, you know, think about like what he's doing. Like, I'm sure he's doing well still. I I haven't kept in touch, but, you know, like by this age, he's making this much. And it's like by this age, like if you do this, then, you know, it's kind of like strategizing the corporate climbing ladder climbing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that I think one thing I remember that conversation just like, you know, that friend is actually doing super well, the idealistic friend. And it's actually one of the companies that I, I invested in um, because I was just like, you know, I knew he was going to do well because it's, you know, when you have a dream, I think you can just go for it. Yeah. And because you only are here once and, and, and something that I really realized is that we're all just like, everything is just like we're creating games that we're playing. I sometimes I have two sons and I see them like sometimes they create these race in their head and like you know one is raising them to the car door but then it's like them raising yeah <laughs> who's there first right and I think sometimes we create these it's just all games yeah. like even with our career sometimes we can just take it not so seriously yeah. and and I think I I sometimes create these games for myself too that like you know once I reach that then like then now what you know yeah. So we, we know that I think something that I need to remind myself sometimes is like what I already have, it's what someone else is 
hoping to have already. And then what I want to have is like, you know, someone's like already, you know, they've had that and they want something else. Yes. And there's always that next thing that we want. Yes. So just know that like, you know, you're, you're good. Like you're already good. Like just be here and it, like celebrate right now what you've done so far and not be all in, in pursuing what you want, but then also knowing that it's okay too. like, you know, just, you can also take yourself back out from that game. It's, these are all just games that you made up in your mind. Right. <laughs> exactly. I was the kid who organized the neighborhood in competitions in the summertime and foot races and, you know, flogging my brother and my two sisters to, and all the neighbors to organize. And it wasn't, about, you know, there was no prize. <laughs> The prize was the doing of it. So yeah. I really, I really, um, I can, I can relate to to that imagery. And it sounds like when you're talking about the good advice, the good advice is to, is to pause and enjoy, right? Not to think of everything as a compromise. The ideals help drive you, but there's also that need to pause and congratulate yourself and enjoy. And I think that's yes. something we've all learned in the pandemic, right? It's like the stress of, of, of just being alive during this time and all the worry, if you have kids, elderly parents, whatever, um, just being able to, to take a pause and do some self-care has been a, an, an important reset for an awful lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. The experience is what you gain. So, you know, if we can find something that other people seem like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, you know, this is so difficult, but you enjoy, it's not like you don't work hard, but then you enjoy the whole, like, yeah, I can do this all day, you know, then, yeah. and that's great. Like, that's like, you won the lottery there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that leads me very nicely into my next question, which is about, you know, everybody seems to have a superpower, right? Something that you do with ease and you don't always recognize that it's a superpower because you think, oh, well, this is so easy for me. But you clearly have one. That's what you're talking about. What is your? What do you think of as your superpower? Mm. So, I really, <laughs> I think for me, like internally, um, actually, both of these superpowers are pointed out by someone else. I I don't notice it. Um, so my, I guess, first one is, I am courageous and it was my brother who told me that uh mm -hmm. that he he thought I was courageous because I decided to quit my job and start my own company and you know the question and and he asked me like how do I feel about you know getting married and like moving and all starting you know and and all at once uh how do you feel about that and then I was like, I don't know, I've never done it before. But then I was actually talking about the train ride from DC down here. And he just thought it's so funny because that's me that mm -hmm. I would I would think that like, you know, like getting married or you know, just like quitting my corporate job and all that, like it's not scary, but like um, the train ride. I don't yeah, just think about yeah, I don't know, like, oh, the train ride, like, you know, but <laughs> he always sees me as just like you know, whatever that I see, if I don't do it, it's because I don't know of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have, I started Finclusive because I think there are people out there that just 
don't even know mm-hmm. of investing, angel investing. They don't even know of this funding gap stuff. That's why I have the podcast to right. just talk about it, right? And right. then the other one, my superpower that my coach told me is that I, I have the ability to influence mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> I think when I share my story or things that I do that like when I, when I just like what I share with you just now, um, that I used to always think that I have to change people as a coach um, to delivering happiness. But the best way to change someone is just to do the things that you want to do. And then from do there, you really can influence others. Inspire them. Yes. Yeah. Them to follow. Yeah. Inspire and to be, to be inspired and to inspire is like, I think, uh, I think leaders actually are easily inspired. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They get inspired and then they go do things and then they inspire others by by doing that. That's a great definition of leadership, a really great definition of leadership. And I do think that we need to, we need to change the way we think of leaders because we tend to think of leaders look a certain way, they act a certain way, they wear certain clothes, they, you know, come across in this very sort of forceful way. But if you think of it in terms of leaders inspire, get inspired, right? Mm -hmm. Get excited. And then inspire others. It's a very different vision and it makes it accessible to anyone at any stage in their life. Yep. Definition. So I wanted to ask you, um, you're a young woman. So this is probably, this is a question that I love to ask older women, but usually it's like, if you could talk to your younger self, could you talk to yourself in maybe for you, it wouldn't be 25, it would be 12. If you could talk to yourself. (laughs) No, I'm actually 38. So So I I do have a younger self. Okay. Younger self. If you were to think back, though, to your younger self, what would you say to your younger self right now? If you could just pull her aside and say that thing you're worried about or that thing you're thinking of, what would you say? Mm. I would actually say to not just look at what you're, what you should do or like what's within your reach but just really think about what kind of life you want to lead and what you ultimately want and how, you know, (laughs) what we play all these different roles in our life. Like what kind of mother do you want to be? What kind of sister do you want to be? What kind of daughter you want to be? And, and be that. Mm -hmm. And it's not, yeah. Don't think about, um, how you want your son to become there's you cannot control that so then know what you control like how what you can control which is yourself mm-hmm. and just embrace embrace whatever like everything's good we're good like we live in like the best time ever in the history um yeah so everything is good like i think just play yeah, yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. So last question. Um, you are investing in so many different things, which must get you excited and inspired um, all the time. 
So is there one particular arena that you're very excited about right now that is inspiring you? Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think the emerging markets, the development of the emerging market, and especially like you know, I'm, I mix all all three, which is fintech, future of work, and and climate tech. I think the biggest startups are going to be from emerging market in the future, because what we have in developed worlds. Uh, it's already we don't have that many problems to be solved anymore. The problems that we're solving, I see a lot of startups that are solving. It's uh, the problems for creating startup or something like that. You know, like so. Not there. There are ways or places in the world where we can make massive, scalable changes that you can just start and not you know instead of changing the system, which is much harder. We can just create new. Yeah. So I do think that, you know, there is climate change issue, but then, but I think it's, it's all going to be solved with the future of work, yeah. the future of humanity coming together. And we just didn't have the awareness of the issues that we cause. And now with any change, it starts with awareness and now we're going to change it. I think, climate change is going to be solved by people so yeah. Yeah. yeah so emerging markets are gonna the people people are gonna solve the biggest problem in emerging markets i think yeah excellent excellent that is wonderful well okay i have to fit in one more question okay <laughs> nicole's favorite question and since okay. she's not here today i'm going to channel nicole apparently nicole's grandmother used to say poop makes great fertilizer and <laughs> and so we always think about there are twists and turns in our lives and bad things that happen but that also teach you a lot is there something you can point to in your own life that functioned in that way is like something that went wrong that didn't work out the way you wanted it to but that helped you grow hmm there are so many. <laughs> um, I think one thing that there's even stuff that happened recently, but I think I'll just share that when I maybe first started investing, uh, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely didn't go for the the right way. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, went in with contractors that didn't actually perform what they were supposed to. And they were dipping in multiple pots and like, mm -hmm. you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I think, uh, so one day I, I just, you know, at the end, I just had enough, like I was trying to recoup and recoup and micromanage. And then at the end, I just had to cut all my losses and then just like kept, get all my time back and then just like restart. And yeah. I guess what I learned from that is several lessons. Like you really have to do due diligence on people. Mm -hmm. um, that's one. And I think that really helped me with investing in founders and we, I really get to know them for a while mm -hmm. before I invest. And separately is that, you know, it's some cost 
if it's a lost investment, then I just cut it. And just once I made a decision to just cut, cut that. And I don't expect like, that's not, I'm not going to try to recoup. And that actually emotionally relieved me so much. Oh, interesting. Right. And I just like, you know what, I'll just make it back somewhere else. And just know where, I think always know where you got it wrong. Yeah. And then just don't do it again because you either win or you learn. <laughs> I love that. So, you win or you learn. So, and then I remember someone was like, why am I always learning? <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, life really just let you relearn the lesson. You keep losing or learning is because you haven't learned in that last failure. So, so you better find out why you fail. And if you can figure it out, then next time you won't do it again, then you won't have to learn again. (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful, Kelly. Thank you so much. It's a great way to end. It's like, we're always learning in one way or another. (laughs) (laughs) And reframing our, reframing mistakes as another learning opportunity is way to live your life. Well, thank you so, so much, Kelly, for your, for being with us today and for all of your insights. And um, we will, I hope, have a chance to meet in person soon. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening today. Along with my co-host, Nicole Ward-Parr, I invite you to check out all of our upcoming programs at wearewatermark.org. With leadership training and inspirational fireside chats with awesome coaches, entrepreneurs, and women business leaders every single week, we're dedicated to helping you become the leader you were meant to be. We hope you'll consider becoming a member, lend your expertise, or come to one of our in-person conferences. We'll learn, we'll connect, and we'll have fun, I promise. Hope to see you soon. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.